Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Yeah. The Hangtime Podcast, Seku Smith in Atlanta. My main man, Lang Whitaker in New York. And uh, the smartest man in basketball sitting next to me here in the studio, John Schumann, has invaded the premises for a couple days. Shu, what's up? Yo, what's happening? Training camps are upon us. Media day kicks off. Warriors and Timberwolves this week before they go to China for the global games. But guys, we gotta we gotta get locked in and uh, caught up after a summer of free agent foolishness and fun. We gotta get caught up on the Western Conference and kind of see what it looks like now that everything's played itself out. Save for I guess Carmelo Anthony and the Knicks, which <laughs> who knows when that's gonna come to a you know we're gonna get some sort of resolution. But the Western Conference for all the migration of talent. I'm still stuck on the Warriors, obviously, at the top. I mean, I, there's been nothing that, that's gone on that, that shifts the, the very top of the standings in the West, is it? No. Wait, hold on. Which? Wait, I, gotta, I think I'm logged in on the wrong Twitter account. <laughs> All right. All right, now I'm good. Um, no, there's nothing. There's nothing. Uh, I think there's nothing player-wise that shifts the, or personnel-wise <laughs> that shifts it. Uh, other than like all this weird stuff that keeps happening around Kevin Durant, but otherwise everything's fine. I think I'm going back to read you and choose tweets to see if there's anything in there that's fishy, anything yeah. that looks like it might have been on some burner account at some point. I would say in the Western Conference, the uh, the Rockets got better and moved closer to the Warriors. Mm-hmm. But if you're putting tiers, there's still nobody on the Warriors. There's nobody tier. on that level. Yeah. Nick Young, Omri Caspi. Jordan Bell, the number 38 pick in the draft. Andre Iguodala comes back, which was not a foregone conclusion going into free agency, which I think is very important for the Warriors. Equally as important, they get JaVale McGee back mm-hmm. and Zaza Pachulia. And if you can't see the look on my face, I'm being quite facetious when I say that, even though I got love for Zaza and JaVale. Is it, is it sometimes just the continuity of it all in, in a in a summer when so much upheaval is going on, do you think that plays a greater factor maybe for the Warriors given what they've been through the past few years and just what they've done? It ain't broke, right? <laughs> <laughs> like you don't you don't have to fix it if it ain't broke, right? And and it ain't broke. Yeah, I mean, look, as long as they have that big three now, big four, that's is that's the continuity I'm worried about. All these other guys around them, I don't think it matters as much, especially since it since they added Durand in there. Uh, right. But, yeah, I, I'm not that concerned with, with Golden State. or the, I mean, I, I it kind of feels like these other teams are, are fighting for second place yeah. um, a little bit. What Seriously, what what is going on with Kevin Durant? And all, I, I saw him Friday night <laughs> in L.A., and he was not uh, particularly, you know, forthcoming with his handshakes and, you know, all the other stuff you normally get from him. He looked perturbed. And this was before this whole Twitter mess exploded i mean he's just he's had a strange angry post-championship summer for some reason or it just seems like somebody i mean he's winning in every way possible right now you would think 
Is he the most millennial NBA player right now? <laughs> That's what it feels like, right? Like the, what comes after understand. the millennials? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand the millennials. I'm too I'm too old for the millennials, and I don't understand some of this the stuff he's going through. I wonder if it, you know. Partly, it's like he's so good at basketball that that like maybe he's just kind of bored, you know. Like otherwise, off the court, uh, I don't know. I think it's a positive. Like he, he's he is engaging with people. Like putting the fake account aside, like he does engage with people on Twitter, on like on YouTube a lot, you know. Um, and so I think that's cool. Like he he'll just talk to people on 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 mm-hmm. on his in his YouTube comments or whatever, and and in Twitter, which is cool. But I I, just, I don't understand the need for a for a second account. Well, you know, apparently he's been talking well, to people more well, than on. they realize. Yeah, everybody. I mean, every NBA player has the second and third and fourth account <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram. It's just that normally they don't. I, I think most of them. You you think they don't argue with people from those accounts? Right. So they use them for family or yeah. You know, well, usually it's things. just family members that are you can argue uh, in yeah. sort of an, an anonymous uh, anonymous account. I've heard of that where you know a, a player's mom will be have her own account and you won't know yeah. it's her the, the, the guy's mom, but. Should be going back and yeah, be, back be defending. You know, uh, my dad's on Twitter. He didn't clap back for me. I'm gonna have to call him and go <laughs> off on him. He's like got you know one who used follower. to uh, you know who used to argue with us in the slam comment section was Lance Stevenson's dad, and <laughs> but he would sign in as himself. As Stretch, his name was Stretch. Stretch Stevenson would be in there arguing with us. Uh, I mean, look, social media clapbacks and beefs aside, the Warriors are in a great position. Obviously, going into the year the. The real fight to me is for that space right next to or beneath them. And and the Rockets certainly, to me, vaulted themselves into a challenging position, you know, for that number two spot. Adding Chris Mm -hmm. Paul is a no-brainer, you know, doing that. But P.J. Tucker, Mbamute, Tariq Black just got seemed like they got tougher, more physical, Mm -hmm. maybe a little more defensive grind for a team that, that certainly, if they're trying to win big, they're going to have to be better defensively. I like I like John's compare point earlier about if you know they're on a, a higher tier than they were a year ago, but they're still not on that Warriors tier. Yeah, I just I wonder how many tiers they are below the Warriors. Like, are they <laughs> one tier or two tiers? Like, how how far yeah. back are they now? Well, I mean, I had them. I mean, when I did my sort of power rankings uh, last month, I had them number two. I think they're ahead of the Spurs, but uh, yeah, we it's I think it's yet to be seen. You know, until those two teams match up, it's yet to be seen just how much they can compete with Golden State. You know, we don't know how, you know, what the Rockets' ceiling is now because they just added, you know, one of the best players in the league to a team that was still, that was already really good. They won 55 good. games last year. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's and, not. and like you said, defense is important. They they had the number two offense last year and number 18 defense. So obviously if they can move up maybe into the top 10 defensively with those additions. And and Chris Paul should be mentioned when you're talking about defensive improvements too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could be it could be huge. It, I, I still don't think it changes who's going to represent the Western Conference in the finals, but it'll be a little bit more interesting, I think. Yeah. We already know, we already know the ceiling is the roof, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh the, I I like the Rockets. I still like the Spurs. I I really do. Now all of that is contingent upon LaMarcus Aldridge actually showing up consistently in the postseason. He's got to be much more of a factor than he was last time around. Um, And if he can't and is not capable of filling that role, then that impeccable Spurs way of always finding the right guy to plug in, it takes a a small hit to me because think back to when LaMarcus was on the free agent market. Every team in the league 
would have jumped at an opportunity to get him that summer. And the Spurs yeah. got him, and it it hasn't paid the kind of dividends you would think right now. Well, there's a question I, of how much he fit with the Spurs, right. and I think the answer is not very well. They've changed who they are the last two years with Aldridge and also with the you know the development of Kawhi Leonard as a sort of a, a go-to guy. You know, he had the highest usage rate for a Spur in I think in the last eight years, eight or nine years. So they've changed who they are. They're a little bit more ISO. You know, post up the the ball movement isn't isn't as prolific as it was you know four or five years ago. So they're a different team and maybe a little bit easier to defend, perhaps. I, I'm curious to see what happens with uh, Rudy Gay with the Spurs. Um, just having watched him the past several years, I, you know, as you talk about the way they've changed to fit Lamarcus Aldridge, like it feels like an even more severe change to fit the way Rudy Gay plays into that system. But and I don't know how that's going to work. I believe like this team has just had, I was looking, I'm one of the things I'm working on uh, is about the Spurs bench and they had the best bench each of the last two years, just as far as, you know, point differential when bench guys are in the game and they've remade that bench so many times. I looked, they had the number one bench 10 years ago and the number one bench <laughs> 10 years ago was a lot different than the number one bench four years ago when they had the number one bench, which is a lot different than the bench they had last year. Mm-hmm. The one constant is, is Manu Ginobili, but like they keep just shuttling new reserves in every, every year. Like, and, and they lost uh, Simmons and Deadman this year. Right. And then they added gay. So like, I feel like their bench, they just have some sort of magic with being able to get the most out of, you know, players six through 12 on that roster. Yeah, I like I, I do like what the Spurs always come up with, even even if it doesn't make sense to us at the time. It seems like whatever combinations they put together always end up working out some kind of way. So instead of underrating the Spurs and counting them out, let's go ahead and put them in that tier with the Rockets now. And then we're done. You know, we don't have to worry about but it's worry about people belly aching about it later. Like, oh, you overlooked the Spurs again. The Oklahoma City Thunder, to me, had one of the better off seasons of any team in the league. Um, mm-hmm. Well, especially com- compared to the, a summer ago. Yeah. I could have never imagined them adding Paul George and some of the players they've added. It's, I mean, it's ridiculous when you think about the the load Russell Westbrook had to carry last year. And yep. then you look now at the increased firepower they have. Um, and just him having another, you know, number one option guy in Paul George. I don't know how you think you're going to win a championship in this day and age, without at least two, I mean, you got to have at least two guys. Um, they they have that Pat Patterson, who I know she was one of your guys. You always point to that's maybe undervalued because of you know his shooting ability and the versatility. Um, you know Ray Felton. So I mean, there's all these different pieces they've added. Should we should we get ahead of ourselves a little bit and say, hey, they project in that next tier, or are they maybe below where Houston and San Antonio are? I think they're a little bit below, but I I also the whole the thing the question with Paul George is right, like how how do they integrate him into that offense? And it makes me think back to two years ago, three years ago when Durant was there, and and the whole time he was there, all these people we would, you'd watch the game and Twitter would just be filled with all these things from like how, how why won't Russell West, Westbrook pass him the ball and you know, these guys can't play together and right. then Durant leaves and and Russell sure enough he wins the MVP <laughs> looks incredible everybody's like oh well that maybe that's the way he's supposed to play and right. now they're gonna pair him with another guy so I, I do think Paul George is a because he's a guy who doesn't have to have the ball all the time and I think he's a guy who 
um, is willing to give it up and is going to um, fit probably pretty well next to, to Russ. I just don't know if it's a one-year thing because, you know, we keep hearing that, that Paul George has his eyes set on the West Coast when this contract is up. One other thing I want to point out. Um, yeah. Shout out to Ennis Cantor because he had a muscle watch post this morning um, with a shot of his scale, mm-hmm. and he he, the, he says now he weighs he says he's been on a diet all summer and he, he weighs two thirty five, and at the start of the summer he was at two seventy three. No so, so he says he's lost thirty eight pounds wow. over the summer. Wow! So that's hashtag muscle watch. Man. I think yeah, the chemistry with, with between the two guys will be interesting to watch. Um, maybe the more important thing is. Being able to have a guy uh, have Paul George on the floor when Russell Westbrook is off the floor. Yeah. Um, one of the craziest stats of the last year's playoffs is that in the 46 minutes that Russell Westbrook was on the bench in the first round against Houston, the Thunder were a minus 58. He They lost games 1, 2, 4, and 5 to the Rockets. Westbrook had a positive plus minus in two four and games two four and five he was a plus 11 in game two they lost plus 14 in game four they lost he was a plus 12 in game five they lost that tells you just like how much they need somebody to be able to keep things afloat um with the second unit and if billy donovan i don't know if he'll stagger uh, Westbrook right. and Paul George's minutes in the regular season, but I think obviously he'll do that in the playoffs, and that can make a huge, huge difference with that team because they were really good with Westbrook and Stephen Adams on the floor. There was a really, they were a really good team when those guys came off the floor. Oof, disaster. Yeah. Remember, he didn't do that with Durant and Russ for a long time, and then he finally, like halfway through the that last season, started to stagger them so they were, one of them was on the court at all the time at all times. So. I mean, he has the blueprint for for how that works. It's just, I mean, hopefully that's how they can figure out a way to to get around that. Yeah, yeah. But I put them, I still put them a, like a half a level below San Antonio, Houston, and San, San Antonio. Antonio. Yeah. But yeah. you have, the, you think they're better than uh, Minnesota? Yeah, I mean, I well, so. it, like, well, we're no, going to see. I mean, Minnesota's changed so much. Yeah, yeah. So we're that's that's a wait and see. Like there's. There's a there's a little bit of wait and see with a lot of these teams, but Minnesota is is one big one. Like to to assume that they're just going to make a huge leap. I mean, they they added a fantastic player, but to assume they're going to make a huge leap, like into a top four seed, that's a tough tough yeah. call to make right now. Yeah. I think when you look at it talent wise, and where I think Carl Anthony Towns is ready to go in his career, I hope that they're ready for it because they they seem built for it. But who? Who takes that natural step back that somebody's going to have to take between Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, and Wiggins? It has to has to be Wiggins. Wiggins has got to be the guy that defers. You know, he was. Uh, I was looking at it. He's he was 11th in the league in usage rate after the All Star break last year. Um, he barely shot off the catch. He's a guy that just took almost all of his jumpers off the dribble. Mm-hmm. So this is a guy that has to adjust to playing off the ball a little bit and. Um, and also bring it more on defense, and we've talked about this a lot. But yeah. um, I think he's he's the one that has to uh, is going to have the biggest adjustment to make. You you think it's realistic, Lang, for a guy at this stage of his young career, you know, as ambitious as we know he and Carl Anthony Towns are. You think it's realistic for that to happen organically? Or is there something that Tom Thibodeau is going to have to force? Is going to have to well, really uh, manipulate to make happen? 
and it's going to come on the heels of him signing this huge contract extension, yeah, which, yeah. yeah, which is probably going to happen in the next week or two. And so, I, I don't know if that raises the stakes or at least uh, changes the, the public goalposts of what we're expecting to see out of him, um, numbers wise. You know who I think it's? Not, it might not have to come from from Tibbs. It might come on the court when he's playing next to Jimmy Butler, right. and you see this guy can do some things that I am not as good at yet, mm-hmm. um, and maybe I can defer to him to do those things, let him do those things. The, I think the bigger question with the Timberwolves is, and we were talking about them here as like the fourth or fifth team we've gotten to, right, in the Western Conference? Yeah. They were the 13th team in the Western Conference a year ago. <laughs> they, they won 29 games last season. I thought they um, won 31. 29 and 53. Wow. According to... Good Lord. Oh, wait. No, you're right. That's 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 even worse than I thought. Two seasons ago. Oh, okay. That's, that's, two that's even worse ago. than I thought. <laughs> Not that two games is that big of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, either way, I mean, they, they weren't a great team last year. The, yeah. 31 and 51. They were 13th, though. So uh, are they going to beat... 20 wins better than they were a year ago? I mean, how much of an improvement is, you know, logical to expect out of the Timberwolves? It seems unrealistic that you would make that kind of leap. I thought they were going to be, I mean, we thought they were going to make a bigger leap than they did last year. But don't they have, they got to be, they have to be, to me, in order to justify everything that's going on, they have to be that much better. You can't make all the moves they've made, get rid of a young talent like Zach Levine, who I know is coming off an injury, but or what though? Like if if they if they what if they finish forty one or forty one? I mean, then you're just like it's another disappointing finish. Yeah, because ten games isn't enough. Yeah, I don't think ten games is enough of an improvement for them. Well, forty one or forty one gets you in the playoffs. It did last year in the West. So, you know, maybe that's the goal. Maybe just getting into the postseason is the goal. Um, but I think you could have gotten there without breaking up your young group. There's a potential Probably. you could have gotten there without doing all this stuff. But maybe not this quickly. Maybe it would have taken another year. Um, I it's all, I, I mean, mean it's, for me, it's, I keep coming back to it. It's all about defense. Like, if they can really improve defensively, and you don't need new personnel to do that. You just need to play better and play harder defensively. That can really, uh, you know, help them make that a, a bigger jump than just, you know, 10, 12 games. For what it's worth, ESPN has them pr- projected – uh, with 50 wins this season. That's a lot. I mean, I, yeah. you sit down and think about it. You have to go through a schedule to me and start going, all right, well, where are these? And they and they were one of those teams last year that didn't finish games as well as they potentially could have, were competitive in games, but then they had went awful, sideways somewhere. They were uh, a good, very good first-half team and just yeah. a dreadful yeah. second-half. Do you remember those? Like, oh, they were just yep. having – Awful third quarters, I believe yeah. it was, was where they were really bad. Um, so yeah, they had, they were, you know, they had they had the potential to be a playoff team. They could have been a playoff team last year if they um, <laughs> didn't come out of <laughs> halftime so many times and just uh, poop the bed, perhaps. Well, Lang Lang's son can't be blamed anymore either. Um, Ricky Rubio, Rubio is no longer running the show, so we can't pin this on. Uh, on Beck's big brother, we got to. This is on. This is on. You're playing play everybody team now? else. Yeah, it's gonna be on somebody <laughs> else because Rubio was an easy target. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lord knows, I, you know, I threw the dart at him plenty last year on the podcast. That's why he's. That's why. That's why he grew that beard, grew his hair out, and put on some muscle. <laughs> Went in the NBA witness protection. Just wait till wait till this year. Yeah, I mean, and he's on a team that that to me, and I know everybody loves to talk about 
the Blazers, the Nuggets, the Pelicans, and all those other teams. The Jazz, to me, are going to be one of the more interesting teams to watch this year because we're going to find out how much of what they've done the past couple seasons, and really last season, was Gordon Hayward in his leadership and his, you know, ascending, you know, star. Uh, and how much of it is Quinn Snyder in the base they've built and Rudy Gobert and uh, Grandpa Joe Johnson and some of the other vets they've had that affected that that operation. I, I think the Jazz, the Clippers, the Grizzlies, all three of them are being counted out too quickly um, in terms of whether or not they'll have some say-so in who makes the playoff field in the West. I, I've, I've seen people who are projecting all three of them not to make the playoffs, which I think is is a little premature until we see what they look like on the court. I think the Jazz are, are a candidate to be one of those teams that everyone overlooks, mm-hmm. and then they end up being pretty good. Um, I, I mean, I don't. If we're talking tiers, I don't think they're in that top two or three tiers. No, but no. but they have the, the 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 personnel to be really good. They'll be good defensively because they have Gobert, and um, you know Quinn Snyder is going to get those guys to work hard and and play hard, and they're I think they're going to be pretty good. Um, I. Of those three teams, the Jazz, the Clippers, and the Grizzlies, I'll ask you guys, which one of those is most likely to to fall out of the playoffs? Memphis. Memphis, I think. I, I, Utah, Utah is going to play some ugly games. I mean, they, yep. they just, they, they're going to be great defensively, and they just have nobody to score. Like, unless Rodney Hood takes a big step forward, right. unless Joe Johnson, you know, discovers the, the fountain of youth. <laughs> Um, you know, he'll give you, he'll give you his three minutes of ISO ball that just frustrates, (laughs) frustrates the opposing team, uh, you know, to no end. But like, I I just don't know how this team's going to score, um, consistently. They, uh, they need to pick up the pace a little bit. It's a team that ranked last in pace each of the last three years. And in order, because they have very little as far as go-to scores, they need to at least pick up the pace and try to turn some of their stops into easier baskets in the in the in transition which is something they haven't done for the first three years so i'll be curious as if they do that um the clippers are obviously a big question mark dangers on to me well they with the injuries yeah well they just lost their best player and the guy that just dominated their offense right um but they gained some depth you know they, they have a lot of they have a lot of decent players right now um, you know, depth has been their biggest problem the last few years. Um, when Chris Paul stepped off the floor, they were awful. But now they have, you know, uh, we've talked about it previously, like four guards that they can, you know, they've Gallinari and Griffin and Jordan in the, on the front line, and you can mix and match with those guys, play uh, Gallo at the four some. I think they're going to be an interesting team. Memphis is just top, like, the big question with Memphis is like, does Chandler Parsons have anything left? I right. mean, they gave him this huge contract, and he was just awful last season. I mean, there's no, there's no spinning it any other way. He was terrible. Yeah. Um, he looked like he could barely jump sometimes when you watched him. Um, and so if he is there, and they actually have a like, Mark Gasol and Mike Conley are fantastic. They need a third guy to pick up some of the slack. Yeah. So when one of those guys is off the bench, you know, they they just need a third guy and and, and Chandler Parsons has got to be the guy given the rest of their team. So um he's the, he's just a huge question mark and that's why I think I think I feel safer picking Utah and the Clippers in the playoffs than I do Memphis. See, I'm I'm worried about the Clippers and the health of their roster going into the season. 
I just and I'm wondering how I mean, much yeah, Griffin and Gall- Gallinari have just missed a ton of games over the last few years, yeah. both of them. So and, like, the, and if those are your two best players or your best offensive players, that's obviously an issue. Yeah, yeah. But I think we're all betting on Doc Rivers and the resume he's built up in the league. Blake getting back to the level he's played at when he's been at his best. I, I'm also I. I worry about their at the point guard spot because right. you know it's a point guard league and is I know they Schumann's boy Teodosic there right. but is, is that and Austin Rivers enough to to get you into the playoffs? I don't know. Uh, Patrick Beverly too. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. Teodosic is a is a big question. I mean, but he's got some respect. I I, I was listening. I think it was to Simmons and Durant when they had one of their podcasts, and Durant mm-hmm. was like, "Oh man, Teodosic, he's he's nat- like like those guys on like the U.S. team were watching him play and and just watching some of the passes that he makes." And I think uh, I think um, he's got some respect around the league. I think he's um, it's a it's a big question. Obviously, there's been some players that have come from Europe who've been veterans, really good veterans in Europe, and have come to the. NBA and had had struggled a lot. Uh, Huertas was one. Uh, Navarro was another. Um, there's been a few of those guys, and then they go back to Europe and they're still really good. Um, so there's there's you know, but I, the Clippers will be fun to watch and, and interesting to watch early on in the season just to see uh, what works for them and and what doesn't. Can we can we put to bed this one thing though about international players? I, I was watching the reaction of people from EuroBasket and you know. Surprise champion, obviously, in Slovenia. And um, all this talk about Goran Dragic, you know, he doesn't get his due in the NBA. He get, he gets plenty of due in the NBA. I think that's a joke that people say he doesn't get his respect. Yeah, he does. You know, but he's not the same standout in NBA ball that he is in international ball. And that's that happens to a lot of guys. This notion that you're going to come to the NBA if, if you're a dominant player in Spain or somewhere else, it do, it doesn't guarantee you come to this league and dominate at your position because of yeah what we're talking about the depth at a position like Ted Osage can be the best point guard on the planet not in the NBA well if he comes in the NBA he's lining up behind ten to twelve guys who are already established in the league that right. are going to be better than him right off the bat I don't know if he got his if if Goran Dragic gets his due in the NBA, but he got some dough in the NBA. <laughs> and in a lot of ways in the NBA, that's how you, that's how you know when a team respects you and they pay you. Um, and he got paid. I'll also just add that, uh, Goran Dragic lit my <laughs> up last night in NBA 2K when I was playing <laughs> in the career mode and I had to guard him and he scored 10 straight points on me in the first quarter of a game. And I was, uh, uh it reminded me how good he can be when, when he's really rolling. By the way, I, I did see uh, my son was playing, and you had some some rather All right. things to say about him. Well, he deserved it the other day. Which the the <laughs> cool thing is, he's heard your name enough to know that it was you, but did not like acknowledge or even mention to me when I walked in and was looking at the screen. He's like, "Oh, hey, there's Lang." Like, yeah. He just kind of looked at what you said and was like, "Oh, this dude's dog me," you know, blah blah. blah. And I thought, "Yeah, that's Lang dogging you," but he didn't. I get- uh, he didn't, I didn't I get, get the response I was looking for. You brought you guys probably get the same thing about every once in a while the NBA or somebody will tweet out something that we've done yeah. with our name in it, and somebody will respond, "You're a real person," because yeah. they, they you're they real. Think, I had no yeah. idea. I thought you were just in two K. 
Or I'll get ones from people who are like, I can't believe what you said about me on 2K. And I always, I always respond, well, you deserved it. Speaking so. of deserved, um, do we deserve to even include Boogie Cousins and Anthony Davis in this playoff mix? Shouldn't, shouldn't they be involved in this conversation about teams that are going to play? We, I know we overlook the Blazers every year, and they scrap and claw their way. You know, somehow Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum in, in – in, now they got some some added help, I think, in Nurkic, mm-hmm. you know, coming back healthy. But, I mean, shouldn't the Pelicans be higher on the pecking order in the West? They got Ooh. two of the best players in the league. I have them ninth. I have them them in Portland ninth and tenth. I just – we haven't seen it work yet. I mean, I know. they were really good defensively last year. They, they were most improved defensive team last year and actually were really good uh, defensively with – Davis and Cousins on the floor together, but not good offensively. I yeah. think we need to figure out how they're going to score. Um, obviously, this is in a more of an old school, uh, two traditional bigs. Um, although Davis will space the floor, two traditional bigs uh, together. And it's all on sort of Drew Holiday to make it work. And yeah. like, who do they have on the wings that's going to that's going to shoot shoot well, complement those guys, and and give them a give them the space they need basically to operate inside. It also feels like a weird fit to have Alvin Gentry coaching that offense, right? <laughs> like, I mean, he's Mr. Pace and space guy and, and that's, or, you know, but yeah. maybe, maybe that's the way it works. Maybe yeah. he's the one who can figure out how to space the thing. Um, but they're betting pretty hard on, on Drew holiday. I think that's, we know, we kind of know what boogie and AD are going to do. It's if, if, if Drew Holiday stays healthy and is able to play sort of up to the potential we've seen from him. I think then that's going to be their best chance of uh, making a playoff appearance. I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there now. I think the Nuggets have a better chance of making a leap than the Pelicans. And I, and I, I put that out there largely because Paul Millsap had the best offseason hair transformation of any player I've seen. I, I saw him the other night, and I told him, I said, dude, I said, loan me some of that hair. I've been talking about his stuff is, he's got, got a high-top fade with little mini Afro puffs. And this is some flair we never saw from Paul Millsap in either Utah or Atlanta. Like, I don't know what, I don't know if he's hanging out with Jarrell in, in Denver. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I hope <but>. not. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. And, and, uh, it just looks another, like a different dude. I love it. In 2K, they, the, the Nuggets were trying to trade Millsap at the trade deadline. So right. I don't know. What? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going on I there. I think he's going to be a great fit. I But I, I agree with you. I think they're have a better, they closer to the playoffs in New Orleans yes. are, to me. And, and because of adding Millsap and the way we saw Denver sort of that second half yes. when they kind of figured things out. Yeah, they were they were thirty one and twenty six after uh, making Jokic the the full time starting center. Right, right. Once they figured that out, um, so that projects to forty five wins. Um, at, from that time, they had the league's number one offense and the league's number thirty defense. From that time, where they made Jokic the starting right. center, so Millsap's addition is going to be more important on defense than right. anything. Yeah. Um, but if you like, Jokic is only going to get better. Gary Harris is only going to get better. Um, Jamal Murray. Jamal I mean, they Murray. Got, yeah, yeah like, they got young talent. They got. They. I think they still have some things they have to sort out culturally in that locker room and just how they. You know, if Millsap comes in and becomes your leader, that means some other guys are going to naturally have to take steps back and move out the way. 
Um, but Mills, you know, I mean, we all know Mills. So he's not the most talkative guy. Yeah, he's, he's sort of that quiet leader. Yeah, and I think I mean, at this stage of his career, you bring him in and kind of. He'll lead by example. You hand him the throne a little bit in Denver in ways that they didn't in Atlanta. Yeah. You know, where in the Atlanta locker room, it was always a question, you know, between he and Al, um, Damari Carroll, kinda, when they were all together, who he was became the leader. The leader he became the leader by default after it was yeah. like a war of attrition and yeah. everyone else, he was the last guy standing. He was the last man the there, end. but I think even before that, he became kind of the right. the the locker room sage there. You know what, though? For all the talk about the team's going to make the playoffs, we know we know the team that's going to be catching all the highlights early, whether, whether they're good or bad. It's the Lakers. That's right. Because LeVar Ball says the Lakers winning 50 games this year, baby. Hey, Get you, ready. Know what? you know what? He hasn't been wrong yet. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> he talks a lot, but he's not wrong. Lonzo's going to lead the Lakers back. Listen, they got no sh- – listen, if they win 50 games. I'm gonna, if they win 50 games, I'm going to give LeVar Ball your cell phone number. <laughs> they win so 50 th- games. I'm buying a pair of big baller brand shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and and wearing Big Baller brand everything for the rest of the season. If you sign with Big Baller brand, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I'm as quick to tell you all eyes will be on the Lakers when they're on national TV. I'm you know I'm curious to see how Lonzo transitions, you know, and and how much the whole thing is going to be on his shoulders right away because I think it's probably going to be more than he can handle, whether he realizes it or not, whether. Even Magic and Rob Palenka and Luke Walton realize it um, because there's going to be this natural urge to make him the face of that franchise when I don't think he's going to be their best player right away. I, I mean, the one guy I'm curious about is Ingram, yeah. you know, and his development. Like, if he can take, you know, his first summer after playing in the league and, and really uh, show some improvement as a second-year player, then I'll, that's the one guy I'm, I'm really most curious about. Like, I, we kind of know what kind of a player Lonzo Ball is. I, yeah. I think we don't know what kind of a player Brandon Ingram is going to be right. just yet. And um, yeah. I'll be real curious to see his development and, and see how, how he looks in the first, uh, first month of the season. I wonder if in a lot of ways it's, it'll be good for Ingram to have Ball there, not only because we know Ball's great at setting guys up to be successful, but just like th- there's not gonna, no one's going to be paying any attention to Ingram. People are going to watch. All the attention is going to be on uh, Lonzo Ball, and and it'll kind of give Ingram let him be out of the spotlight a little yeah. bit and give him a chance to develop at his own rate. I don't you know? care. I, I just want to see. I want to see the reality show that is the Lakers this year. Win, lose, or draw. I just want to see what they look like. Who's going to be worse this year, the Lakers or Echo Fox? <laughs> I don't even know what the roster looks like for Echo Fox. Do they have a Lonzo Ball in their midst? Do they have a young? If Rick's in charge of putting together that roster, then no. <laughs> um, the Suns, the Kings, and I can't believe the have the Mavericks really fallen down to the depths of this group of like that bottom tier in the West now. I don't know if they've it fallen. Seems weird, I mean, like it. I, well, you know they're going to be. They're not going to be terrible, right? We know that. Like Rick Carlisle's there, and the, and Dirk's still there. Yeah. They're, they're not going to be the worst team. In Harrison the NBA. Barnes had a nice season last year. Yeah, they they. I mean, Dennis Smith looked good this yeah. summer. Like they they've got pieces and parts and things there, and I just I, I don't. I mean, I, know, I guess they they want. Is Dirk still the best player on that roster? And if so, that's a problem. Yeah, 
I mean, Harrison Barnes, I think a lot of people tell you, needs to step into that void and be their, yeah. their number one guy. But they look, we talk about the Timberwolves winning 31 games last year. The Mavs won 33. Yeah. So the numbers don't lie about what they were last year. But the Mavs didn't add Jimmy Butler. And the Mavs' <laughs> best right. player, you know, franchise right. player is right. – how old is Dirk now? 38, 39? Yeah. So it's tough. Uh, Barnes needs to get a little bit more efficient. You know, he's mm-hmm. just was too much of a mid mid range jump shooter last year. He needs to get to the basket, get to the line more to be to really take that offense back to to being decent. That last year was their worst offensive season um, in the nineteen years since they drafted Dirk. Wow. Um, so, I mean, but when did this? When did they fall off the cliff? It's been the last couple of years when you've been watching other teams, the Warriors and these other teams ascend. It's like we kind of these guys won a championship. Yeah, but then like the DeAndre thing happened, yeah. you know, and it looked like that was going to be their path going forward, and that rug kind of got yanked out from under them, and now they're sort of. Uh, uh, the they Harrison spent some Barnes, of that money on Chandler Parsons at one point. You're right. Yeah, Barnes was supposed to be the uh, like the, their way forward. I think um, it just seems weird. Like I don't remember There's, paying attention to them fall like this you there know, hasn't been a clear direction depths, there yeah. since they won that championship like yeah. you know yeah. it was sort of they let Chandler go um and then things sort of went downhill a little bit and it was every year it was just sort of another getting yeah. some a couple of vets on one-year deals just sort of uh trying to keep Dirk on a competitive team but not really making the move that's gonna yeah. to get them past the Dirk years and and maybe Dennis Smith is the guy to do that yeah. but uh that that remains to be seen. I said it then and I'll say it again cuz this wasn't a thing that I looked up 5 years later. I always felt like that team that they had to win a championship in Dallas had at least one more season where you could have kept that group together. I don't know if they'd have gotten back to a championship, but I at least wanted to see them play it out maybe one more year with those guys. You want to see them have a chance at it. Because it was all they had maybe was one more season at best. Right. With the, right. the age and the mileage on some of those guys. But it would have been nice to see them go out swinging yeah. as a group, you know. Plus, nobody gave better quotes to Sean Marion. Like, <laughs> nobody was nobody was more confident he probably in himself still thinks he's than Tricks. Yeah. Oh, I lo- I lo- listen, there's, I can't think of too many guys I've enjoyed over the years talking to at, after a practice or in a locker room who would – who was that unbelievably confident himself? The way he talked about LeBron in that finals, like, and he wasn't, it wasn't nasty, malicious stuff, but he just talked about him like, like LeBron James. Like, I'm supposed to get amped up over this dude. Like, who is he? <laughs> I remember talking to him one of the one of Nash's MVP years. I remember talking to him and and saying, asking him questions about Nash, Nash's MVP candidacy, and at the end he says, "Let me ask you something." Why aren't you asking about my me being MVP? <laughs> I was like, you're the fantasy MVP. <laughs> I remember he's like the number one draft pick in the fantasy for a couple of years, you know, just because he filled up the box score so well. But, well I'm, uh, I'm going to guarantee you this. Sean Marion didn't need a burner Twitter account to talk about himself in the third person. <laughs> I he, him, you, know, you know he, he had reference that tricks on plenty of occasions. He had that that awful jump shot release, you know. And right. I asked him one time why why did he shoot the ball that way, and he said because when he was when he was in high school he jumped so high that he was shooting down at the rim basically, and <laughs> that's why he did it. that's just how it developed. I love it. I love this league. 
I, I love the NBA. And I love the fact that our man Josh Childress is going to training camp with the Nuggets. That's yeah. one thing I left out that I that I think needs mentioning. I hope he makes that team um and, I do and, too, and finds a spot because I'd love to see him back in the league. Somebody uh, just sent me um, a, a buddy of mine in Atlanta came across some old Josh Childers jerseys, oh, <laughs> and so I, I just hit up Josh. I'm going to send them to him because oh, I was like, no. you might want them for your you know trophy room or something one day. <laughs> we got to tell him. We got to tell him to to bring some Janae Aiko CDs to Tim Gelt. And he might have a shot at making the team. <laughs> She's got a new song too. I heard as she's jamming. Um, shoot, do you have any trivia for us this week? I do. I mean, what's what's going on? All right. So, who is a quick and easy one? All right. All right. Name the two Western Conference teams that have never made the conference finals. Never. Oh, never made the conference finals. Sacramento Kings? Nope. No, they made it. No, that's right. Um, See where, baby? Clippers. Clippers are one. Um, never made Grizzlies. the conference finals. Nope. No, no, they made it. Nope. 2013. They made it. Um, Timberwolves made it. I covered those conference finals when they played the Lakers. Da, 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 da. Ah. Who else? It should be fairly mm. easy. Oh, Pelican. New Orleans. Pelican. New Orleans, Pelican. Yeah. yeah. And then of the remaining, who's the team that, that has, has, has gone the longest without making the conference finals? Mm. Clippers. That's hard well, no. Of the of the other thirteen teams, the Clippers are one that hasn't made it. So, oh, of the okay. other thirteen teams, yep. Which uh, team has gone the longest with that without making the conference finals? That's a tough one. When's the last time Phoenix Denver Suns. was in the conference finals? No, Phoenix was two thousand ten. That's right. They just made it. That's right. What about Denver? Denver was uh, now they made it with Carmelo. Two thousand nine. Yeah. This team last made the conference finals in two thousand seventeen years ago. Uh, who who was in the Western Conference Finals in two? I can't remember Portland. who was in the conference finals. Portland, yeah, correct. Portland. Portland Trailblazers. That's right. Wow. That's crazy. That's Smitty's team, wasn't it? That was the yeah. Jailblazers. That's the ones that Jeez. lost to the Lakers, right? Yeah. Yes. I love it. This might be an anniversary. <laughs> 17 years later. 17-year anniversary of Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum. I want everybody to know this might be it. And we need to be we need to be kissing up to C.J. Um, since he's the ringleader of all these uh, the rankings. writer rankings and – Media clap. I don't see the, the players haven't come out with their writer rankings yet, have they? I don't think so. I think there are writers more concerned with writer rankings <laughs> than the players are. I want to see it. It's I'm a not. sad statement on today's. Uh, Y'all are just mad you didn't rate in the Reddit ones they did this week. Yeah, I'm, it's, I'm heartbroken. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to recover. Uh, this, this is strange. This is a strange lead up to an NBA season that we basically have never stopped talking about. So we're just not going to mention the Suns, I guess. We just like ah. I'm into them, but I'm not. I'm not feeling <laughs> particularly hyped about what they're going to do. This Suns year. and Kings, yeah. I think and I love you know I got Dev Booker is my guy, but it, there's so many young bodies on those two teams, and so much work to be done. Um, they're in that group of teams, though, to me that you're watching and just enjoy right now. Don't worry about the record. Just enjoy them. Like enjoy the young guys getting better um, and trying to make some noise. But yeah, let's come on now. Um, let's not get crazy projecting anything. Warriors, Wolves, and the Knicks coaches and executives um, will all be on the media day stage going into this weekend. The 27 other teams around the league will crank it up on Monday. Live coverage for you all day on NBA TV and NBA.com. So it should be fun. I, again, this is a this is a season that I feel like didn't we just finish the finals? And it's like here we are. Without any real break in the action. I mean, it's been free agency. It was crazy. The draft 
you know, everything summer league. I don't feel like this is the strangest year that I can remember in terms of it doesn't feel like we had that month where it was just everybody went dark. The whole league would kind of disappear. That is that over? Are we done with those? You think? Yep, I think so. So we got the good thing we got the WNBA finals to tie us over. Rematch, baby. That series last year was fantastic. Yes. So I am excited rematch. for a rematch of uh Lynx, Sparks. I'm watching. I love uh, they got some of my favorite players. Basketball players on the planet. Those two teams series. are stacked yes. with talent. I'm looking forward to it. Um, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to leave a glowing review. Tell Lang how much you like his uh, dulcet tones and remind you that nobody brings trivia like he does. And we'll see you next week for our Eastern Conference preview uh, with a special guest right here on the Hangtime Podcast. Later. Thanks for listening to the Hangtime Podcast and be sure to subscribe on iTunes for a new episode every single Thursday this season. And as always, people, remember, say kuna matata.